evening's Old Testament reading is taken from Isaiah 37, verse 16, which can be found on page 1115 of the Church Bibles. O Lord Almighty, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Um, whilst I've been putting um, this uh, sermon together, I've been looking at both um, Isaiah um, chapters uh, 36 and 37 and also 2 Kings um, 18. Um, so if you want to open your Bibles, if you, if you have them opened for our reading, um, then uh, please keep it in Isaiah. And um, we can have a look again at the words that have just been read out to you in a few minutes. Before we start, let's just pray. Father, just thank you so much that we can gather together, that we can come together and praise your awesome and wonderful and holy name. And Lord, this evening, um, would you uh, speak to us uh, in power, would your words come to us and would they be living words, words that change our lives, transform our thinking and build our hearts a flame and a fire for you. So Lord, I ask this evening by your spirit that you would speak, that you would be with us, that we would hear from you, be challenged by you and welcome you um, into our hearts and lives this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. So yes, um, we're going to be having a look at um, this title of God, Yahweh of hosts. Um, but before we do that, um, what I'd like to do is to um, take you back to your childhood. So I want you to imagine yourself in the playground at school uh, with your friends or imagine yourself in a, a playground um, nearby to your home. Um, and I wonder if you ever heard any of these kind of statements. I remember hearing them, and I remember saying them. Um, so one of the statements I'm going to say to you is, I wonder if you've ever heard this. Uh, my dad is bigger than your dad. I wonder if you ever heard that in the playground at school. Um, or my all-time favorite is, you and whose army? I wonder if you ever heard that. I remember saying, you in whose army? And um, the amazing thing about those two phrases is that they're trying to communicate um, a, a real theme. And the theme they're trying to communicate is a theme of power, a theme of strength. And this evening, when we have a look at the verse that we've been given or the verses we've been giving in Isaiah, it too is trying to portray or communicate this theme of power. I want us just to remind us of that um, as we go through. I also just want to set the scene um, because our verses that we've just had read to us, they sit in a particular period of Israel's history. Um, so the splendor of King Solomon and his wealth, that is now faded into distant memory. And the once unified nation of Israel has now broken into two separate kingdoms. So if you think about what happened in Ireland 
where there was civil war and then it broke into Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, something similar has happened in Israel. There's been civil war and it's broken into two kingdoms. You have the Northern Kingdom, uh, which was called Israel, with its capital, which was Samaria, and its royal, uh, its monarchy with its king. And then you had the Southern Kingdom of Judah, with its capital, Jerusalem, where the temple was, and also its royal family. And at this point in Israel's history, in the northern kingdom, they have been um, conquered and invaded by the Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrian Empire has taken out the, um, the Israelites and has deployed them abroad into the Assyrian Empire and has taken non-Jewish people from their empire and replaced them and put them into the northern kingdom of Israel so that it wouldn't waste away, so that they could um, populate it and keep its cities and keep its agriculture. And if we think hundreds of years into the future, when, when Jesus then speaks to the Samaritans, that's the remnant of this non-Jewish population that was put into the northern kingdom of Israel. That's where the Samaritans came from. Now, the king of Assyria at that time was called Sennacherib. So he's already conquered the northern kingdom. And now what he does is he turns his attention to the southern kingdom of Judah. And in two kings, it says that he went and he attacked uh, Judah and he captured all of their fortified cities. Now, that's a declaration of war. It's, it's a declaration of intent. I am coming to conquer you. I have your fortified cities, your strong places. And if that's not enough, um, King Hezekiah, he wants to kind of get rid of Sennacherib. So we hear in 2 Kings 18 that um, Hezekiah um, tries to pay him off. He takes all the silver from out of the temple of the Lord. And he takes all of the silver out of the royal um, palace and he gives it to Sennacherib. And then he takes all of the gold from the doors and the doorposts of the temple and he gives that to Sennacherib as well in a hope that he'll just go away. And he kind of apologizes to King Sennacherib. I'm sorry, I've done stuff wrong. I don't know what it is, but I've done stuff wrong. Take this money. Please go from me. So Sennacherib, he takes the money but he's not satisfied. Takes the fortified cities, and then he sends his field commander to King Hezekiah of Judah. And the field commander takes with him an enormous army, and they go and encamp just outside of Jerusalem, where King Hezekiah is. And then the field commander goes out, and in Hebrew, he speaks the intent. So he speaks by the authority of King Sennacherib, and he says what's going to happen. He basically says that um, the king is going to come, is going to invade, and no one is going to be able to withstand King Sennacherib. He even says that not even Yahweh is going to be able to help you against King Sennacherib, because Yahweh has sent me to do this to you. That's what he says. And he says it in his native tongue, so that not only those that he's speaking, the court officials, 
hear it, but that the people on the wall hear it, the people in the city hear it, all in their native tongue, so that he can spread fear and panic and hopefully um, revolt, so that they'll revolt against Hezekiah, so that it makes their job easier when they take the city, or hopefully Hezekiah will just give in. I want you to put yourself in King Hezekiah's position. He hears the report. He tears his clothes. He goes into the temple of the Lord. He speaks to the prophet Isaiah, who gives him encouraging words. But then he gets some more report. He gets told that his ally, the king of Egypt, sends him a message. And the message basically says, I'm not going to help you. No one can stand against Sarah Cherub. Why don't you just pick a fight with him? I'm not going to help you. You're on your own. So why don't you just give in? Just imagine the pressure. And if that's not enough, then King Hezekiah gets a personal letter from King Sennacherib. And in that letter, it basically says, from King Sennacherib, he basically says that Yahweh will not help you. Yahweh is not strong enough. I am stronger than Yahweh, says King Sennacherib. He will be like all the other gods I have already conquered. And his people will be like all the other peoples that I have conquered. If the Lord says he'll deliver you, do not trust his words. I will conquer you. What will you do if you were King Hezekiah? What would you do if an army was outside your gates, threatening to take you, threatening your people, saying your God is not strong enough? The field commander was basically saying, my dad is bigger than your dad. My king is bigger than your God. This is my army. You and your army, can you take me? No way. No way. What would you do? Well, King Hezekiah, he does what I think is an amazing thing. He takes the letter into the temple of the Lord and he spreads it out in front of Yahweh, the name of God. He spreads it out in front of him. And then he prays a prayer. And the prayer is both a declaration of faith, I believe, and also a cry of help. And this is the prayer that he says. In your translation, it probably starts by saying, um, the Lord Almighty. But we're, we're going to translate it as Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim. Just listen to this. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth, including the Assyrian Empire. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Yahweh, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste all these peoples and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them. For they were not gods, but only wood and stone, 
fashioned by human hands. Now, Yahweh, our God, delivers from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Yahweh, are the only God. What an amazing prayer. What an amazing prayer. And what was the outcome of this prayer? Well, Yahweh of hosts heard Hezekiah's prayer. And he sent one angel, the angel of the Lord, to attack the Assyrian forces. And in one night and silently, this is the thing that I came to realize. It was silently the angel of the Lord went into the Assyrian camp and struck down 185,000 Assyrian fighting men. So that when Sennacherib woke the next morning and the remnant of his army woke the next morning, it says that they, they woke up amongst the dead comrades all around them. Can you imagine that? Waking up and finding the majority of your army completely destroyed. So Sennacherib did what anybody would do in that circumstance. He took the remnant of his army and he fled back to Assyria. And there he was assassinated by his two sons by the sword. Yahweh of hosts was victorious. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was completely defeated. Right at the beginning of this saga, um, it's in 2 Kings uh, chapter 18. Let me just see if I can find the, um, the actual verse. 2 Kings. Two Kings chapter 18 and from verse 19. And this is what the field commander said to tell Hezekiah. This is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? Let me just say that question again. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You know, I wonder, in the times of trouble that we're going to experience in our lives, when calamity comes to our door, when tragedy comes to our door, on what or on whom are we going to base our confidence on? When we feel like an army has besieged us or is crouching at our door, who or what are we going to base our confidence on? In the end, King Hezekiah based his confidence on Yahweh of hosts. Who will we base our confidence on? I love that question. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? This evening, we're looking at this title, Yahweh of hosts to see how we can take encouragement from that when we're in times of trouble. 
And I wonder, when King Hezekiah went into the temple of the Lord, when he declared Yahweh of hosts, I wonder, did he meditate on what that meant? Yahweh of hosts, the God of the heavenly hosts. I don't know, complete speculation. Who knows what he was thinking? But I wonder, he declared that name. So for a few minutes, we're going to just have a look at the ranks of the heavenly host. Not in order to see how powerful angels are, but to understand how infinitely more powerful is the one who created them. So that in the times of trouble, we can base our confidence on Yahweh of hosts, the one who is the creator of all things, both in the heavenly realms and on earth. So I'm taking um, a lot of what I'm now going to speak about from the book, The Incomparable Book. And he basically tells us a few things about the, uh, the angels in heaven. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, um, at the birth of Jesus, we see the heavenly hosts, and they're declaring one thing. They say, glory to God in the highest. Straight away that we see that the, the angels of heaven don't point to themselves. They don't draw attention to themselves. They draw attention to God. Glory to God in John highest. If you remember in John's Revelation, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 19, verse 10, um, we're told that John has a vision of a mighty angel. And at that moment, John bows down to worship the angel. Now, the angel is called a mighty angel. So he must have looked powerful, or John must have known he was powerful because he was called a mighty angel. And he bows down in worship before the angel. What does the angel do? He rebukes John, says, don't worship me, worship God. Again, not drawing attention to himself, but drawing attention to God, even though he is mighty. In Jude verse 9, it describes an archangel. And it says about the archangel that he doesn't speak on his own authority. He only speaks on the authority of God. In other words, he only speaks the words God wants him to say, full stop. No more, no less. Just what God wants him to say. Not drawing attention to himself. Drawing attention to God. And then... Uh, in Psalm 18, verse 10, he describes the cherubim. Now, cherubim are particularly powerful angelic beings. And if you remember, on the Ark of the Covenant, there was gold cherubim that faced one another. But they were faced, and they were kind of spread out, kind of bowed down. And across the back of them was supposed to reside the very presence of God. These powerful angelic beings were merely the throne bearers of God. Merely the throne bearers of God. Carrying him, carrying the presence of God. Bowed down. And then we come to Isaiah 
Um, And he had, in Isaiah chapter 6, an amazing vision of the Lord, high and lifted up, with his robe filling the temple. And what was flying around? But two terrifying angels, the seraphim. Terrifying and powerful. They were so powerful that when they spoke, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. The very structure of the temple shook when they spoke. They were that powerful. And I think, or I wonder, Did Hezekiah think about all of this and think, my God is the God who has created the heavenly host? If they're that mighty, if they're that powerful, how much more powerful is my God? He is the maker of heaven and earth, the one living God. I'll put my confidence in him, Yahweh of hosts. Now, he didn't have the foresight that we had. He didn't have the foresight to know the implications of his prayer, that God would send one angel, the angel of the Lord, and that that one angel would strike down a whole army in one night. Silently. That's kind of, that's kind of spine tingling, isn't it? To be able to slaughter an army silently in one night. Yet God is infinitely more powerful than any of those beings. Because he has made them. And not one angel, apart from Satan, does anything else then draw attention away from themselves and to God. Only Satan is the only angel that draws attention to himself and away from God. This is our God, brothers and sisters. This is our God, Yahweh of hosts. He is the one who can create beings that when they speak, the very foundation of the temple shakes. He is the one who can create a being so powerful that it can massacre an army in one night silently. He is our God. He is our daddy. We are his children. We are in his family. It's him that we should place our confidence in in the time of trouble and calamity because it will come. It's him that we can place our confidence. I wonder, what is the army that is besieging you right now? What is the trouble that is consuming you right now? What is the thing that you worry about that's stressing you out? What is it? I wonder, do we have the courage to take whatever that is and do a Hezekiah 
Take it and spread it out in front of Yahweh of hosts and ask for his help and ask for his intervention. Father, I want to thank you that you're not only my father, but that you are the great God, the living God, the true God, that you are alive today, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Build in us a confidence and a steadfast faith that you are for us and not against us. Help me to bring before you, to spread in front of you all of the worries and stresses and strains of life and ask you, all-powerful God, to come and intervene. Whatever it is that we are thinking about, whatever problem or issue or worry or anxiety or army is at our door, this evening we spread it before you, Yahweh of hosts. We spread it before you. We declare that you are almighty and powerful. And we ask, come into these situations. Change these situations. And change us as you help us to go through whatever it is that we are going through. Who is it that we will put our confidence in? Help us to say, Father. Help us to say, Yahweh of hosts.